every morning, Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. 7.44. Um, we're back with, uh, what is it, the golden half-hour half hour. segment, yeah. as we've called it. And we've learned a very interesting uh, tidbit. So David started off by giving us, uh, I suppose, a bit of a background as to how he got involved yeah. in the markets. And the only two people we didn't get it from was necessarily uh, Ian and Chris. And Ian told us, what, 1956 you finished matric? Yes. And what happened? And I'm still involved with the markets. <laughs> Clearly, I don't learn lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started back in 1963. If, 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 that's that, right. That's when I started in the market. Okay. So you've done 56 years in South Africa's markets this year. This will be 56 years. Yes, you can count an extra three years when I was an internal auditor in the financial sector as such. Day. 59 <laughs> years. Yes, and still hungry for, for, for what's there every morning. I know, my, I know somebody's going to kill me for this, but do you know how old my mother is? <laughs> <laughs> I have no illusions about being your mother. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. And Chris Gilmore, if I'm not mistaken, 37 years, you said. Yeah, 82 I, I came from Scotland. I was in a place called Scottish Newcastle Breweries. And I always fancied getting to markets. So I had a choice of going into London, which I, I, I don't really like London very much, and, or going overseas. So I came up and I saw a guy called, you remember Eric Levine? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, he was uh, a twin. Yeah. That's right. Mm. And his brother Roy. Mm. That's right. So he was the head of research there. And I came and uh, he said, listen, um, what do you know about De Beers? I said, not very much. He said, well, go and write a report on it and come back and uh, <laughs> let's see how your writing skills yeah. are. So I did that and uh, he said, you can use the library and stuff like that. And it was good. And um, so I joined Max Pollock and Fremantle mm. and David was there at the mm. time. Yeah. God. So, um, yeah, it's a very incestuous uh, place. So just a quick math here. That's 156 years worth of knowledge in South Africa's market. Oh, well, in the market space. Ah, Tesh and myself, our ages put together, (laughs) don't even make half of that. I I think the sad thing, Arabelli, 156 years and we're still poor. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're calling it? You know, like like Ian said, the market cycles just keep going. And yes, you guys are suckers for punishment because you've stayed in it for so long. Clearly. But it it is the element of the market, right? Like even now, you know... I was perhaps panicking a little bit because we didn't get, for instance, our Christmas rally. Things didn't go as great. Now we're finally above 56,000 points again on the JSC All Share. But this is normal. Yes, but it's not a normal existence. There is really change every day. And you can come in and say, I'm ready for it, and it'll surprise you. That's that's great. You you know what, Ian? I want to refer Arabelli to Warren Buffett's uh, newsletter, which he just published, or his, sorry, his annual letter to shareholders, which he published. And you don't have to go through all of it, but if you go through the last paragraph, which is called the American Tailwind, Mm. and what he does is he draws or he shows you length in the market. What happens if you just go into the market and stay there? doesn't mean you have to stay with Mm. the same shares, but you don't, you you know, you don't go off track. And uh, um, the one thing that I've learned after my life is, uh, my years in the market is that I'm 100% equities. You know, don't talk to me about bonds or alternatives or hedge funds <laughs> or any of that. Um, if you would have had a portfolio of decent quality shares, and you have to define decent quality shares. Yeah, it's not yeah. difficult. You don't need a high IQ to do that. You just need a little bit of common sense. If you just stay that course, um, that's where you'll make money. Where we go wrong or what our biggest problem is, is actually managing the expectations of clients. 
Finding the right share is easy. It's those expectations where they go mm. up and down and people panic. But mm. I think that's that's my biggest lesson that I you know that I've learned. Don't you find that what the clients want, particularly the the, the uh, individuals, they want maximum security, maximum income, and maximum capital growth. Doesn't sound too hard, does it? Till you be, till you become responsible <laughs> and, and no risk as well. <laughs> but, oh yes, yeah. is that too. <laughs> so. Between myself and Arabile, we first met uh, 2012 working at CNBC Africa. <coughs> and between then and now, we've had uh, African Bank, uh, which fell apart. Yeah. We've had Steinoff and various other things. I'm sure each one of you can remember a story that probably even supersedes a, a Steinhoff or any yeah, other. Those are par- perhaps the biggest stories of our decade, right? E- exactly. In financial journalism And someone reminded me of a story which I had to actually go and Google and find out exactly what the story was behind this person because this is way before my time. Um, it regards, let me go back to that particular article. And David, you might know about this. It started when you joined your particular oh yeah i know where you're going (laughs) (laughs) sweden yes (laughs) sweden and poplek yeah Yeah. right Mm. and a guy by the name a surname is blank if i'm not mistaken that's another one now that was that was in the 1990s but when i started in 1972 november 1972 was the sweden affair with wilson mansfield and uh that was a fraud where i'm i it, it, you know, you've put me on the spot. I've got to try and get all the facts <laughs> right before I mess it up. Yes. But it was a major, major scandal involving stolen shares, uh, doing f- uh, favors for friends. But to a large extent, it was a, a broking firm that was blue blood. When yes. I say blue blood, these were the Oppenheimer's brokers. Sure. And this was a firm that just took their eye off the ball and allowed the accountant, uh, Mr. Cecil Schweden, to actually play with script remember we weren't dealing with computers we were dealing mm, with physical, yeah, physical script mm. which could be you know manipulated and and uh, i've got some some other fascinating stories but that was yeah. 1972 and that soon followed with lou witkin's uh, yes. with poplack a very Farber. similar so, yeah lou witkin farber but uh, there was a chap there by the name of poplack as well it was also a bit of a scandal there was a book written about it but um that was a huge, huge scandal which involved the collapse of a major broking firm. But before uh, computerization and, and, and de-papering of, of physical deliveries, I can remember that there were a couple of times when the messengers who took the script from broker A to institution B and, and they were all over the, the, the city with these little scooter bikes. Um, and, but what we didn't know was they'd meet in the basement of the JSE <laughs> and just pass them out amongst themselves. Oh. Now the opportunity for, for, for mishandling was huge, and it happened sometimes. Sure. They had their own clearinghouse. They had their own clearinghouse. The That's basement. right. They'd say, oh, you're going to Max Pollock. Okay, take this for me and deliver it. And, and, and instead of them having to make 20 stops, you know, they kind of cut it down to 10 stops. But there but are markets, so just one second, other uh, than equities. Mm. Can I just make it on what you oh, have no, said? you're a bond dealer. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my bond trader's tie from the JSC, and it's bright yellow. So it's a place to go sometimes. <laughs> Gentlemen, what do you make, though, of, you know, times have obviously changed in whatever. The companies, you've, you've seen companies list, uh, go massive, perhaps then delist as well, uh, go for broke. But now you see the likes of the tech stocks coming into play. You've even seen Amazon, of course, become even one of the richest uh, companies out there. 
what are the similarities that you're finding in, in, in yesteryear markets to, to these in particular? Yes, fine, it may be a different sense of, of what company it is, but surely there's some similarities to things that have happened in the past year. Chris, you, we haven't given you a chance to talk. No, I, I, I'm, st- I'm yes, still been around long enough. Enough. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel very young in comparison to all of us. Yeah. So, so the thoughts then on those tech companies, seeing this, this difference, in the market, if you if you want to call it that. So, if I read you correctly, you're asking what kind of um, uh, similarities do I yeah. see back in in, in the, maybe the 80s and 90s? Yeah. Uh, to, to what Am- the likes of Amazon are doing, I'm not sure I can think offhand of anything that uh, would. I, um, I, I, to, you know, these are trends. Yeah. Don't ignore the change in in tech. You know, tech mm, yes. today is driving the global economy. And um, while we've gone through certain booms, I mean, every boom is identified with a sector. Uh, as we were talking about, 69 was property. Uh, I'm trying to think of the next one came through in about 85, 86, 87, which was the start of IT, but also a lot of industrial companies. Yes. I'm trying to identify, but, but in foreign markets, it was the beginning of the IT boom, which mm. continued in various other forms. 2000 was the internet boom, yeah, yeah. which, I mean, was <coughs> uh, a major, major collapse. We're nowhere near those kind of valuations now. We knew that internet was going to change our lives, but we didn't know how. And that was irrational exuberance. I don't think we're there yes. now. And I'd like to go further back. Your dad was king yeah. of the gold sector. And of the diamond sector, I, and and he, but the, I mean, there was a massive boom in gold shares. What's the JSE doing? It was gold yep. that and De Beers, and sure. that was it. There wasn't a platinum stock. Platinum hadn't been thought of yet. No, and where platinum? <laughs> we had a 1922 <laughs> platinum crash. I wasn't there. But <laughs> uh, sure. Neither was. But, but there was that. Yeah, you know, you know, just just what we need to identify is that that floor that we used to walk oh, onto. Yeah. In 72, they went, then we moved to Diagonal Street in 1978. Yeah. When you walked into the trading floor, the area that dominated trade was gold. There Absolutely. Were like f- how many? 40? More than, I don't know how many different gold yeah. mines that were listed. And on either yeah. side of the gold boards were the platinums and the coal yeah. and manganese Small. and all those stocks. Uh, on then the extreme left were the financials. Uh, which would be property and banks, etc. Then on to the right-hand side were the industrials. But the highest-paid traders were your gold traders and your industrial. That gives you an idea of we were the the resource capital of the world. If you needed to buy mining shares, you came to one place. They called it the Cape, even though it was Jan. That's right. (laughs) Yes. They said, you know, deal in the Cape, which was actually our market. The London dealers would say, no, I haven't got any more of that stock. I sold it to the Cape. That was Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that that tells you how much of a far cry it is from today's market. Oh, yes. Well, not so long ago. I mean, we're talking about in the, in the 90s, late 90s. You still had the mining houses, the Anglo-Americans, yes. Anglo-Vals, the, this, this type of thing. And they, they, going back to David's point, they dominated. And then they all got broken up. Mm. And, uh, I mean, you used to have some really big mining companies mm. in their own mm. right. I mean, what have you got today? Not an awful lot. It's, they don't do any business in South yeah. Africa. Yeah, yeah. well, no. exactly. You know, gold yes. fields are gone. Uh, um, what have you got? BHP is not here yeah. anymore. Got absolutely. So you've got South 32. Glencore's got very limited exposure. Yeah. Anglo's reducing its exposure. It's got Anglo plants. And the Federal General Mining. You remember group, those, yeah? Yep, General yep. Mining, Fed Fed member. 
No, di- where we lived was a city. You know, when we were in Hollard Street and that yes. whole area, you could feel the pulse of the South African economy. Mm-hmm. Today, we've got Melrose Arch. You've got JBs. You've got Tashers. They just need to list now, right? That's the only thing sort of missing. But you know, at an analyst level as well, I mean, back in those days, you had mining analysts all over the place. And as Ian says, this was the mining capital of the world. Yes. Today, how many mining analysts are there in, in Johannesburg? Yeah, I know one that actually I, I, left mining sort of in terms of being an analyst and just decided, actually, I'm going to go into banking. I, I, yeah. I, I, Chris has got a great story that I quote continually. And I hope he can recall it as of Maya Khan when somebody attacked him on OK Bazaar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do share. Do share. Please do share. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think this you don't have to use the expletives. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was it was a sign language. Uh, yeah, more than anything, was this the one when John Yakman asked him about? Um, okay, bazaars. Oh, yeah, no, that was that was another one. Okay, yeah. um, I, I've forgotten the exact details. You, you I'll must, tell you must you the details. This, this yeah, is, comes yeah. from Chris, so I'm going to drug his memory. <laughs> where um, SA Breweries controlled OK Bazaars okay, at that yeah. stage, yes. and OK Bazaars wasn't doing that well, and Maya Khan had come. And somebody attacked Maya on OK Bazaars. Maya Khan, of course, the well-known, iconic uh, former head of, of SA Breweries. And he said to him, he said, look, Sonny, <laughs> uh, you go man the tools. I write the effing reports. <laughs> he got hold of this youngster and said to him, in other words, it's much easier to write a report than it is to run uh, a business. Sure. And, and it's proven true today right mm-hmm. i mean just look at the likes of Shoprite. how difficult it has been now to to sort of run the business right as opposed to just writing a report which is the easy part look tash uh, i do have some good news for you and some bad news um good the, news first. okay for me yeah i do for you specifically the okay. um the report is coming out soon and? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the bad news is we don't know when. <laughs> but uh, there is word PwC has said that they are going to release it very soon. So that will be. So PwC owes me Steinoff report. They owe me the resilient thing investigation. Yeah, you've they... been very resilient in this market. We've been very patient, but uh, yeah. I'm happy to know that. We've got about a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, quick. Takeaway. Yeah, sort of, you know, again, like I said, to, to wane, anything, any sort of lessons from the past that we can sort of take into the market right now as well. We'll start off with Chris. Yeah, ignore split stocks, <laughs> stick with the, the fundamentals. And I, I go along with what Wayne said, you yeah. know, stick with quality yeah. and, and be in for the longer term. You know, as, as Wayne said, we've had five years of a going sideways, going nowhere slowly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. It can't last forever. It's going to turn sometime. Yeah. Well, David? Hi, I, I've said what I've had to say. I've, I'm an equity man, I think. Just uh, diversify your portfolio, but stay with it. Don't don't be influenced by the noise that we mm. hear. Who cares how many times the Fed's going to raise rates or whether Trump's going to do a deal? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Ian, the bond man. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, your, your lessons? What I've learned is to look for real value. Real value does not come with price earnings ratios with three digits. Wow. Oh, look, okay. turn it into yields. You've got to have an earnings yield of 20% and a dividend yield of 10%. Mm. Then you will get real value. We have seen it in the last decade. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. And when that happens, go overboard on equities. He's just given away his age. You're never going <laughs> to get those. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it's I'm been happy absolutely, to do that. absolutely fun. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, it's been absolutely great, Tash. 
Yeah, uh, who wants to say it? Chris? Yeah, Chris will say it again. It's Goodbye. 8 o'clock.